Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Monday, November the 29th, 2021. And I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. I am here for Coach Talk to go over a very nice NBA nine-game main slate. And the great thing about it is all the sites have nine-game main slate starting at 7 o'clock. So that is terrific. It helps you balance your plays, make your pivots based on pricing, and get the right players in there. Yesterday, uh, they decided DraftKings to bust their slate up, and Yahoo had one game. They always have something cooking on the weekends that makes it a little bit confusing, and it creates a lot of lineups, but we did well. So it doesn't matter, right? All the work uh, was worth it. So hopefully those that caught the podcast yesterday were able to come up with some solid winners. I know we had several members win on FanDuel and Yahoo specifically. So that was nice uh, after our big takedowns in uh, DraftKings a couple of days ago. So it balances out. We're building that bankroll and hoping to uh, keep that momentum going today. Um, I'm going to hit all nine of these games right in a row. We'll go over our regular game set, break each game down. Uh, but before we start, real quickly... Uh, it's Cyber Monday, so we have the last day of our best special of uh, the year. We started Black Friday, ending it today here on Cyber Monday. Uh, it's the, the deals are going to go away after the end of the day. So if you thought about coming aboard with Coach Talk, today's the day to do it. And we've got a huge week of NBA and NFL, so it's a, a perfect time to jump in. But those $1 a day prices and, and everything else that we've got out there, some of it you can see scrolling across the bottom of the screen, uh, that does end at midnight tonight. So uh, dfscoachtalk.com. Go to the website. You can sign up right there. If you're watching this on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, and then click that little alert in the upper corner. If you hit that bell It'll tell you every time one of our podcast premieres. Uh, and again, we've got seven-day-a-week NBA podcast, three podcasts per week in the NFL, and we are keeping it going. So appreciate that. Jump in. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, YouTube here is a great place uh, to do that. If you want to catch us on Twitter, we're at DFS Coach Talk, and I am at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. All right, here we go. We're going right after it. No messing around today. Uh, that's all there is to it. We need to get these games going. We want to hit, make sure we hit all nine games, give you a good feel, get those uh, contests signed up for, and get the initial dummy lineups, if you will, in, and then we'll build on it throughout the day. All right, first game, 7 p.m., Orlando Magic, Philadelphia 76ers. Philadelphia favored by a massive 15.5. So that's, uh, you're not, you haven't seen much of that. And here's the amazing thing. It's only a 209 total. So talk about a, a scary game for DFS. Big blowout potential, low total, uh, which generally means stay away. Uh, implied for Orlando's only 96.75. They've just been atrocious since Cole Anthony went down. He's been leading them to at least be competitive. On the other side, uh, Philly's implied is 112.25. Uh, 
Now, as far as the game set goes, we've got Orlando coming in at four and seventeen, Philly at ten and ten. Injury-wise, it, it's a laundry list for a poor Orlando. Mo Bamba questionable, Terrence Ross questionable. So those are two new ones. Cole Anthony out, Michael Carter Williams out, Fultz out, Isaac out, Moore out. So really tough uh, with them. As far as Philly goes, just Shake Milton is questionable. They expect to have everybody else playing. Both of these teams are on an island game, so we should get a, a fair look at their reg. Excuse me, their regulars. As far as statistically, pace Orlando seventh, Philadelphia twenty seventh. So it balances out. Horrible offensive efficiency for Orlando, dead last, sixth for Philadelphia. Defensive uh, rating here, it's interesting. 29th for Orlando, 21 for Philly. Usually when you see that bad of defensive efficient teams, you're going to get a total more in the 215 to 220 range, not 209. I don't know if Vegas is sitting on this being a blowout and just the scrubs play, but uh, this is not a way I want to start my night. It's the only 7 o'clock game. Um, you know, the guys that are playable that I'll mention, uh, Jalen Suggs at 5.3 certainly deserves to be mentioned because there's just nobody soaking up usage with uh, a lot of these guys out. Um, other than that, the two bigs you can think about, but you've got Embiid playing. Uh, so that defense interior is tough, and Tobias is a good defender as well. But Wendell Carter Jr. is 6'3", and, and Mo Bamba, who's questionable, is 6'4". So, uh, you know, the prices are cheap on the Orlando guys, but with the potential of blowout and uh, Philly's interior defense, uh, definitely worried there. Do you have the guts to go to any of the big-priced uh, Philadelphia guys under the circumstances with uh, a, a blowout as potential. I mean, Maxi at 7-3, uh, Harris at 7-8, Embiid up to 10-5. You know, I really am not looking at going anywhere in this game. The only guy I'm considering at this moment uh, is Suggs because he's 5-3. He's going to get minutes. He's going to get usage. But uh, remember, Orlando is starting to use that bench. It does help that Ross is out. If you want to take a GPP flyer, maybe 4.1 Hampton. All right, let's just fly on to this next game because that one is not very conducive to winning DFS lineups, in my opinion. You've got the Denver. It's a 7.30 game. Denver and Miami. Miami 7.5, only a 208 total. 100.25 implied for Denver. Denver 107.75 for the Miami Heat. Um, interesting here. We've got Denver coming in at nine and 10 Miami at 13 and seven. So they're getting it going a bit, uh, small pieces of news. I don't know if you've heard of the Joker or Jimmy buckets, but both of them are questionable here. So for Denver Joker Highland, uh, both questionable Murray and Porter out for Miami. Uh, not only is Butler questionable, but heroes questionable. And then you have Garrett Morris and Oladipo uh, all out. So super news important there in that game, uh, as that is going to help us figure out exactly which way we want to go. Uh, from a statistical standpoint, <clears throat> Denver 26th in pace, Miami 23rd, not good. 
21st efficiency on offense for Denver. Miami 7th, so they are getting the ball in the bucket. Denver's fallen into the bottom half of the league in defense at 18. Miami's remained in that top five. They are sitting at fourth. So really, you know, how much time do we waste talking about this game if we don't know what the situation is? I mean, if Joker sits, Gordon becomes a good play for me at 6'5". You know, uh, if he's in and, and he doesn't have any restrictions, I don't think I pay up uh, for the 11'4 Joker against uh, the good Miami defense. Jeff Green at 4-6 has gotten it done for me when I've needed. Uh, again, you know, with Joker out, he's going to soak up some of that interior usage. Um, Barton's got a little pricey. Morris has been inconsistent. Um, not really interested in anybody else off that Denver bench. For Miami, you know, again, if, if Butler sits and Hero sits, then you've really got to look at Bam and Kyle Lowry to me as one, two as possible playing both because Lowry's only at a flat 7K, which is very fair. Bam's at 8-2, which is a little pricey, but I think uh, he may be worth it in a matchup like this, you know, with no joker on the other side. After that, if you want to go uh, cheap, you can look at uh, maybe a 4-6 Duncan Robinson, only if those other guys are out. And, you know, somebody's going to have to soak up some of those minutes if Hero and Butler are out. And I would assume if you want to go GPP-ish, it could be a combination of Caleb Martin at 3-1 and Gabe Vincent at 3-8. All right, game three, 8 o'clock. We've got this three-game 8 o'clock run here. So I like the way they're spreading it out. So everything, get a chance to watch it throughout the day. Uh, we've got Indiana at the Minnesota Timberwolves, Minnesota minus four, 217 and a half over under. Implied for Indiana, 106.75. For Minnesota, it's 110.75. Uh, so we've got, um, let's see here, where are my teams as they move some of these around? So Indiana, Minnesota. Indiana's nine and 13, Minnesota's 10 and 10. Simple here, T.J. Warren out for Indiana, Patrick Beverly out for Minnesota. So not too many injury issues there. Statistically speaking, Indiana is on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, so that's important. I know how Rick Carlisle coaches. He doesn't like to overextend his guys, so it does take a notch out of guys uh, like Brogdon, Sabonis, Turner, uh, not – uh, real thrilled about their potential uh, with the back-to-back. -back. Island game for Minnesota. Uh, as far as offensive uh, or pace, Indiana 28th, slow Minnesota 5th. Uh, so it is a big pace-up game for Indiana, if that helps. Offensive efficiency, not good, 16 and 20. Defensive efficiency, both in the upper half of the league at 13 for Indiana and 10 for Minnesota. Again, you know, just a little bit of a, a worrisome game, but there are some plays that can be slate breakers for you. You know, if if Brogdon gets the uh, time at 7-4, Sabonis is 8-4, Turner at 6-1, all potential. You could also go the other way and go cheaper with a 5-3 Levert or a 3-5 Justin Holiday. Justin Holiday got it done for me, yes, uh, last night. Um 
for Minnesota, you know, you've got your regulars, and that's what causes trouble here. You've got three studs that you want to play, but just trying to determine which one's going to be the best play in this matchup is, isn't that easy. And they're not giveaway cheap either. Uh, D'Angelo Russell at 7-8, Anthony Edwards at 7-9, and Cat is 9-7. Those are the only three guys I'd look at here. They've got a real mixed bag of tricks playing a, a whole bunch of different guys in Prince and Vanderbilt, McDaniels, Beasley, Reed. They're all getting minutes. So, you know, if you feel strong on one of the three main guys, then you can go there. Uh, out of the three in this game, I sort of like Anthony Edwards. I think he gets the best defensive matchup. Um, I think Brogdon will guard Russell. So I've, I'm leaning Edwards there. Seven nines a bit pricey. Uh, wouldn't mind having a one-off, but that is not going to be one of my key games. All right, the next game, another 8 o'clock, are Oklahoma City Thunder and Houston Rockets. Houston minus 2.5. It's a 215 over-under. 106.25 implied for the Thunder, 108.75 uh, for the Houston Rockets. The Thunder come in at 6-13. and 13. Houston comes in at 3-16. and 16. Injuries, Kenrich Williams out for Oklahoma City. Uh, Green and Wall out for Houston. So it does open up some stuff at the guard spot here. I think we need to take a look at. Plus, I love two teams that are young that haven't figured out defense very well yet and play with good pace. So even though it's only 215 total, I like this game. Um, you've got pace, Oklahoma City 10th. Houston's playing at the fastest pace in the league. It does that slow a little bit uh, with Jalen Green out. It's possible, but not much. Um, and then offensive efficiency, that's the only thing that worries you. I get it. They're 29th and 27th, which is to be expected. Oklahoma City right in the middle of the league at 15th on defense, 23rd for Houston. So who are the playable guys? Kevin Porter, Eric Gordon, I think you have to consider both or one or the other. Porter 6'8", which is a little pricier. Eric Gordon can be good. He's a hit or miss guy. If he gets hot and gets the minutes, he's at 5'2". I think that's reasonable. Uh, if you want to go to Christian Wood at 8'2", He's been underwhelming lately, but he is due for a really good game. Jen Goon's been getting decent minutes off the bench at 4-3. Those are the guys I would consider for Houston. And then on the Thunder side, I think there's some good plays here. Um, you know, if Shea pl plays, uh, Gildas Alexander, he's 8K, but, you know, he's been sitting games, so we need to see, make sure he's in there. Josh Giddy at 6'5 has gotten his number doored at 5'4 as well. After that, you know, JRE, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, 4'2. He has been getting better minutes and he's been starting consistently, but they go deep. So one off on each side here, I don't think is out of the question, but not a stackable game, in my opinion. All right, another eight o'clocker, Charlotte Hornet, Chicago Bulls. Chicago minus five and a half, and we have a very nice over-under here. The total, this is the highest total on the board. It's 225 and a half, and again, it's, it's a five and a half point favoritism for Chicago, but you've got the Magic, both teams over 110. That's a big sign for me. 110 flat for Charlotte, implied for Chicago 115.5, 
which is pretty stout in this day and age. Charlotte comes in at 13 and 9, Chicago at 13 and 8. So both playing good ball. Chicago slowed down a little bit, but they had Vuk out for a while. The only injuries here, Charlotte, that one's a big one. It's Mason Plumley who's been starting at center. Probably P.J. Washington gets that nod now. And then uh, for Chicago, it's uh, Green and Williams. Green is, is probable. I'm sorry. So Green may play and may start. We'll see. We know Patrick Williams is out for the year. Okay, let's look at a statistical breakdown of these two teams because some interesting stuff here. Two of the, the fastest-paced teams in the league, in second in Charlotte and ninth in Chicago. So that's a big plus. Both teams have been scoring the ball very well. Offensive efficiency, eight, efficiency, eight and 11. And then Charlotte is not defended well, 25th. The only kink in all of these great stats, uh, the kink in the armor here is Chicago is sixth best defensively. But I love this game. I think there's so much potential in this game. And I do think I'm going to have a decent amount of exposure. The pace, the level of play. The problem is there is room for error because both teams have some solid players. And picking the right ones in the right matchups are the key. So we've got a couple of things here. LaMelo Ball all the way to 10-4. So that one is a big commitment if you want to go there. Um, Rogier 7-1, so he's really moving up. Hayward, who's been somewhat flat on and off at 6-3. Then you have Miles Bridges at 8, which is excellent. Uh, P.J. Washington is a value play, 5.1. I never, ever trust that guy, but he is potentially a player there. So, um, you know, you've got some, some possibilities there. Only probably going to go one off with Charlotte. Defensively, you know, in the game for Chicago, that's the key. Who is going to guard who? So the Lamelo versus Lonzo ball are, I would assume they're going to guard each other. The ball brothers are going to go at it, try to one up each other. Lonzo's 7K, but uh, I think Lamelo's better. Obviously, he's 3,400 better. So I don't know if he's that uh, willing to pay that much better. But I think Rogier guards Levine. And I respect Rogier defense. So the 8-8 Levine price is a little too rich for me. The guy I look at more here is DeMar DeRozan. I think he's a key sort of buy-up guy for me. He's 8-7, so he's not cheap. But I think it's a very fair price. Uh, Vuk also could have a big game. I mean, he came back slow from the COVID, being out with COVID. But without a true center playing solid minutes for the Hornets, uh, if Vuk isn't played off the court, he could have a monster game. He's 8-3, so it's a big commitment. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind rolling out the dice under Rosen and Vuk and seeing what happens. Uh, some bench guys, obviously Alex Caruso can be considered at 5-3. He's played a ton of minutes. Kobe White starting to sneak more minutes at 3-7. That is it for that game. Quick coffee break. All right, how about we go to an 8.30 game? We move to the next time frame. Wizards, Spurs. Wizards by three, 214.5 total. 108.75 implied for Washington. 105.75 uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. As far as the game set on this one, <clears throat> we've got um, Washington coming in at 13-7. and seven. 
San Antonio at five and 13. Injuries, just the two that have been out and, and will be out, Bryant and Hashimura for Washington. So they're pretty healthy after that. For the Spurs, McDermott questionable again. Uh, Devin Vassell questionable, or no, uh, yeah, questionable. And Zach Collins is out. So would be nice to know uh, the designation with those two guys, but um, not a major impact there. Statistically speaking, Washington 22nd in pace, San Antonio 4th. I don't remember them ever being that high in pace. So good good uh, pace up game for the Wizards. 18th and 24th in offensive efficiency. That is a bit of a concern. And defensively, Washington fell out of the top 10. They're 12th and San Antonio is 17th. So that's a bit of a plus. Couple of options here. You know, it's a little tougher with Washington when everybody's healthy. Dinwiddie at 6-2, Bradley Beal at 9-2, and then the the duo at center of 4-7 Gafford, 6-1 Harrell, and 6-4 Kuzma at the power forward. All those guys are playable. Um, you know, looking at the matchups here with the Spurs, <clears throat> they are playing a little better interior defense now that Jakob Pertle is back. Um, Murray is a plus-plus defender. He'll probably guard uh, split between Dinwiddie and Beal. But, you know, I think a guy that might fall into a, a good spot here is Kyle Kuzma at 6'4". He's sort of a guy I've got to circle around. Um, on the San Antonio side, DeJounte Murray's been absolutely out of his mind. And I've you know, I haven't wanted to spend up to the egregious prices for him, but he has earned it. I mean, he's at 9-6 today, but he is not off the board. I, I mean, he's going to make my clipboard, I can tell you for sure. The question is, is he going to be a core player or not? <clears throat> Triple bump, drop, <laughs> easy for me to say. Triple double uh, potential all the time. Um, but at 9-6, you got to think, you know, hard and true about it, but he's on my radar right now. Pirtle at 5-7, I think, is a great deal. He's going to get more and more minutes as time goes, and that's it. <clears throat> that's all I'm considering there. One off from each side, though, I think that that game is better than advertised as far as DFS goes. All right, we go to another 8-30 game. Um, it is the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas is favored by five and a half. Only a 207 and a half total. Implied for Cleveland 101 for Dallas 106 uh, and a half. We've got uh, Dallas on a pretty bad streak here. They're 10 and 8. Cavaliers 10 and 10. They're slowing down as well. Uh, Jetty Osmond for Cleveland is questionable. Dean Wade is doubtful. Uh, big thing for Dallas is it looks like Jalen Brunson very well might not play. He's listed as questionable. I've read he's doubtful, but you never know. Let, we'll see what happens with shoot around this morning. <clears throat> Good old Frank Nilakina is out. So this is an interesting one. Statistically speaking, uh, Cleveland is 19th in pace, Dallas 24th. So that's why we've got that low 207 and a half total. Uh, offensive efficiency, Cleveland 23rd, Dallas 14th. Um, Cleveland has also dropped out of the top 10 now. They're 11th in defense. Dallas, very mid-level 19th. So this is a hard game to figure. 
I mean, is this the time you, you spend up for Luca at 11-3? He is going against a poor uh, backcourt defense for Cleveland, but I'm just not sure. The pace of this game, uh, Okoro can play defense, and I think he'll play Luca. And, you know, just the, the total, you know, the pace of the game, just not conducive, I don't think, to pay up for the 11-3 Luca. I think he can have a great game. I'm just not, I just don't know if I can go there. <clears throat> I do, I will say though, with if Brunson sits, that does bring Luca more into play because when Brunson's out there, he does grab some usage from Luca. He does run the show. And, you know, even if they're in there together to close games, Brunson does get some of that action. So I'm going to be watching that. Other Mavs, you know, you've got, Possibly Hardaway a decent play here at 5-7. Uh, you're going to get a little extra run from guys like uh, Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown, but I wouldn't recommend playing him. You know, the question is, do you trust Willie Cauley-Stein at the flat 3K minimum starting? I don't particularly. You know, I think to get to 15 to 20 uh, DFS points to make value for him is, is not easy. Because he's gonna, you're gonna get a lot of rotations with Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba, all kinds of rotations there. So the only guy I'd really consider here is Luca if Brunson sits, but I'm not probably gonna go there. <clears throat> Tim Hardaway might be the one-off as far as what I want to do. Chris Stapps at eight six, just a little too expensive going against the twin towers of Mobley and Allen. And speaking of that, we know the Mavs have not done well against centers. I think either one or both are playable. Mobley, 6'7", Jared Allen, 7'5". One of those two will be in my lineup. If not both, I'm going to work on that as the day goes on. I think <clears throat> Laurie Markinen, who's been tough for a 5.6 uh, number, I think, may get Dorian Finney-Smith defense, which is a little bit of a concern. It may bump him out of my rotation. Uh, Darius Garland at 7'7", and Ricky Rubio at 6'6". Those are the two guys that have been considered uh, quite a bit now, but, you know, I've played both. They've both done well. They've both been bad, so there's some inconsistency there. I don't think this is a key game at all. Maybe a Hardaway against, like, a Mobley or Allen and, uh, and hit the road. So, all right. 9 p.m. game. So we're moving on. We've got a 9 p.m. and then a long time until a 10.30 p.m. game to go. Um, 9 o'clock. Portland, Jazz, Utah by 8. Nice, healthy 223 total. 107.5 implied for Portland. 115.5 implied for the Utah Jazz. Portland comes in at 10 and 10. Utah at 13 and 7. Norman Powell out. For Portland, Royce O'Neal questionable for Utah. You know, you know, important on both senses there because you got two starters. So we do want to get that information. Portland is on the first night of a back-to-back, -back, so that's something to take note. Um, certainly, an interesting spot there. <clears throat> uh, Utah's on an island game. Pace: Portland thirteenth, Utah eleventh. So again, you know that total shows that. Fourth in efficiency for Portland, first in efficiency for Utah. So we've got two teams that know how to score the ball. 
The good thing here, too, is Portland's 27th in defense. Uh, the only negative is Utah's fifth. So, you know, Utah might be the, a key team on this slate. They busted the 115 implied with 115 and a half, and they're going against a poor defensive team in Portland, and there's decent pace here. So let's talk about that Utah side. You've got a pretty cheap Mike Conley at 5'9 in play. Jordan Clarkson at 5'3 in play. I think Donovan Mitchell uh, really is the guy that uh, blossoms here at 8'1 because there's no Norman Powell, uh, and he would defend him. So they have to shuffle the deck there on defense and figure out what they're going to do. But I really do like Mitchell in this spot. I think that price is fair. <clears throat> uh, Gobert at 8-5, you know, he's hit or miss, has you know pretty safe uh, floor, but uh, somewhat of a limited ceiling, to be honest with you. I, I mean, he's never going to score 35 points or in, real points or anything. So at 8-5, not sure that I want to go there, but you can at least think about it. On the other side of the ball, you've got Portland uh, with Dame at 9-5, CJ at 7-6. Certainly can consider both, especially with Powell. That usage out the window. Uh, Covington, I wouldn't recommend. I don't think this is a best matchup for Nurk. You know, let's see who's going to start in that spot for Powell. You might be able to get a bargain 3.5 3 Nazir Little, or maybe that runs some more time for 4K Anthony Simmons, or 3.6 Larry Nance. So the person that fills that spot, is somebody I think we're going to have to consider here. So let's keep our eyes on the news for that game. All right, <clears throat> last game. Boom, boom, boom. We are not messing around today. I told you we're going after 10.30 p.m., an hour and a half after the latest, the other game started. So you got your island late night game. Pelicans uh, at the Clippers. Clippers by eight and a half, two ten and a half total. 101 for the Pelicans, 109 and a half for the Clippers. Um, interesting here. So we've got the Pelicans coming in at 5 and 17, Clippers at 11 and 9. Luzada and Williamson out for the Pels, Batum, Leonard, and Preston out for the Clippers. From a statistical look here, we've got pace of 12th for New, for New Orleans and 20th for the Clippers. And this happens to be the second night of a back-to-back -back for the Clippers. So that is a big discussion. You know, is that going to affect their rotation? I think it definitely brings down some of the guys that I was looking at on the, on the, the uh, Clipper side of the ball. As far as offensive efficiency, poor 26th and 25th. So neither team scoring it well. Pelicans not defending at all, 28th. Clippers defending very well at second. So a little bit tougher. It's a pace down game for the Pelicans, and they're facing a great defense. So that hurts. But on the other side of the ball, you've got the Clippers on a pace up game against a terrible defense, but they're on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. So it balances things out a little bit here. Uh, Price-wise for the Pels, you've got Devontae Graham at, at a reasonable 4-8. Herbert Jones at 3-4. Josh Hart still in the mid-fives, no matter what, 5.3, and he's still on the radar. I mean, he is very playable. Um, Joe Val at 8-4, possibly. He's had some really good games. 
You can plant your flag there if you like. Ingram is all the way down to 7-5, so that's good. But I think he gets Paul George defense here, and that's not good. So probably not going to go that direction. Not crazy about anybody off the Pels uh, bench. For the Clippers, again, you know, based on total minutes played, yes, you can go to Paul George at 10-2. I think he can certainly be one of the higher scorers on the slate. Don't know if I want to use the pay-up uh, spot for him, but he is in consideration. Reggie Jackson, who throws in some clunkers, throws in some good games, uh, lost a little confidence in him, but he's 6-1. Like I mentioned, Bledsoe at 5-2. Marcus Morris at 4-6 is the new player here. I, I've always been a fan of his. I think he's much better than his twin brother. And I think he can score the ball. So he's in play for me at 4-6. Uh, Zubats is only 5-6. Not sure this is the perfect spot with him with Joe against Joe Val. And that is it, my friends. We went through nine games like nobody's business because we're focused. We're ready to take it down. It's all about breaking this slate and getting it completed. So really appreciate everybody listening in today. Uh, hopefully this really helps you on your Monday nine game NBA main slate. We're going to be giving out our coaches clipboard on DraftKings, which will give you, as we do every day, very unique to the industry, gives you five core plays and several other plays on our clipboard uh, that you can consider to fill in the rest of those spots. Then we give out full cash slash hybrid lineups, both on Yahoo and FanDuel. And we also give out a GPP lineup on Yahoo and FanDuel. We'd love to have you. Cyber Monday, this is the last day to get those phenomenal deals. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com. You can check out everything there. If you're checking out of the show here, and finishing up, give us a quick thumbs up on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and give us a comment. Love the show, uh, questions on a player, whatever the case may be. We'd love to hear from you uh, when this premieres here this morning. Stay with us uh, on Twitter, at DFS Coach Talk, for any big news that comes down. And then also uh, in our Discord, if you become a member, you'll get all the information, all the probable lineups, uh, and all of our information that we give for the NBA. So uh, really appreciate you listening in on your Monday. I uh, hope we start off the week fantastic here. Hope everybody out there uh, also has a, a terrific week. So thank you very much. Have a great one. And tomorrow's Tuesday, so that means it's Andrew Hansen Day, and he will be handling the NBA podcast tomorrow. So you do not want to miss that. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day and let's crush it in NBA DFS.